All right, welcome back. We are the Kick Six Podcast. This is uh, week number three of college football 2019. I'm your host, Nate, and with me this week is uh, my co-host. Hey, guys. Uh, it's Caleb here again. All right. So uh, we're wrapping up another uh, crazy week of college football, and uh, and this week we have a special guest. Um, he is another avid college football fan. Uh, he wears the Nike slides and the white tube socks, but he's here with us to give us some some of his takes on this year um, in college football, as well as uh, some insight into the Arkansas Razorbacks. I know many of our listeners are avid Woo Pig Suey shouters. So um, it's our boy Jake. Jake, say what's up. How's everyone doing? All right. So, uh, Caleb, let us know how we did in our uh, picks well, this last week. Well, I'm going to let you know week. how you did because you did pretty well. Uh, you went 4-2 and two this week. I did. I will. I was the opposite. I went two and four. So that's how we're how we're looking. And uh, throughout the season, you were seven and five. I'm five and seven. That's how it's going. Seven and five sounds like uh, half of the SEC's record this year. About seven and five. So, um, all right. So let's start. And we'll do a few takes on what I saw was good. And uh, Jake will share a little bit of uh, kind of his comments on those things. And then uh, Caleb will not disappoint with his what the Quan moments of the week. I had lots of comments this week about uh, that was their favorite segment. So uh, hopefully he's got some good stuff for us. All right, so the week started out. Uh, I was watching uh, Feinbaum. As you know, I'm, I'm a super big uh, fan of Feinbaum. Uh, not. But uh, Tim Tebow was on there, and uh, he calls out Tennessee's loss to Georgia State as embarrassing. He calls out the players for not playing with heart. And if you know Tebow, uh, Tebow doesn't mess around when it comes to leaving it all on the field. Um, so I thought that was a really good take by Tebow. Um, and uh, I thought it was just – it was, it was kind of funny because uh, that was a uh, – probably a program worst loss. Um, I don't know how those fans in Knoxville are feeling, but losing to BYU, that, that can't feel good. Yeah, either. yeah. And so Tebow said this before um, BYU. But let, let's start there. That was one of the games we picked. I, I picked BYU to win. Um, it was it was a three and a half point spread on the road, uh, BYU plus three and a half. Um, so this was one of the games that went into into overtime. It was later on uh, on Friday or excuse me Saturday night. So um, Tennessee basically there's 17 seconds left. All Tennessee has to do is keep everyone in front of them. Um, we talked last week about my boy Zach Wilson, how he threw two pick sixes, but he, he played the game right. Um, 17 seconds left. There was some late heroics by my man, uh, Mr. Zach Wilson. Um, he hits receiver Simon for a huge gain uh, and some garbage coverage to set him up um, for a game-tying field goal um, by none other than college football's greatest name, Jake Oldroyd. Jake Oldroyd is the kicker it doesn't get any better for than that. BYU. It, it does not get any better than O-L-D-R-O. Yd that sounds like something that uh, Mac Brown might have been uh, dealing with um, in his, his time there that he was uh, sidelined uh, from coaching uh, Old Roy, uh, but uh, Old Roy uh, hits it by a hair and he sends it into overtime. BYU opens up the overtime. BYU opens up the overtime um, with three plays for a touchdown. They run three RPOs and three straight slants, and Tennessee for some reason. Let's them score on the same play, three plays in a row. Um, Tennessee then comes back with five plays in a row, all of which were called by by McElroy, who was calling the game, which I thought was great. 
Um, he's like, they need to do this, and Tennessee does it. And then he's like, they're going to do this, this play. And they do it. So five plays in a row, they score a touchdown, tie it up, heading to second overtime. Um, Tennessee kicks a field goal, uh, but the boys from Provo march down the field, pretty much imposing their will uh, with the run game, and they punch it into hand 10 of Tennessee, the loss. 0-2 down on Rocky Top. It's getting a little crazy uh, there. What do you think about that? Yeah, it was a very inter- that was a very entertaining game. Um, <laughs> Nate saw me jumping up and down in my seat just for those boys at, at BYU. Um, so I was happy for them. They played a great game. Tennessee, the struggles keep happening. The struggles keep on. I'll, I want to see an Arkansas-Tennessee game to find the worst in the SEC. Last week we had the worst in the SEC West. Now we need the worst in the they, SEC. They need to have a bowl game at, like, Decatur High School between <laughs> Tennessee Tennessee, and, and Arkansas to see who is the worst. Just a bloodbath of garbage. Tennessee plays Chattanooga this week. They're 28-point favorites. If they lose that game, I think Jerry Pru- Jeremy Pruitt is gone. Someone is gone. He's they may burn the, the stadium whole, down. The whole team's gone. They, <laughs> they may burn the stadium down. Uh, they they may they, they, may, they may start over. They're gonna do what the Dolphins players did and try to get out of there. Week three, Tennessee's yeah. they're gonna, all gonna transfer. They're, they're, they're <laughs> the gonna transfer gonna be full. They're they're gonna they're gonna cut the uh, cut the football program and they're gonna stick with uh, men's and women's. There's uh, no way they're, they're gonna stick with <laughs> women's basketball because that's way more. Yeah, men, their, men's, their football men's and women's. <laughs> Um, basketball. So um, another another game that um, we watched was another overtime game, Nebraska-Colorado. Now, this was a game. Uh, Colorado was down pretty big at half. Um, it was back and forth all through the fourth quarter um, and pretty much all the second half. Colorado scores 24 points in the fourth quarter uh, by a complete defensive collapse by, by Nebraska. Um, Colorado ends up pulling it out in overtime. So that was a big win for the Buffs. Uh, and the unknown uh, Coach Mel Tur- Tucker is now 2-0. and Scott Frost still hasn't won a road game uh, at Nebraska yet. And a lot of people had them picked really high in the Big Ten. Another team we're going to talk about later, uh, I think, is going to uh, really really show them, uh, show them what's up when they, uh, when they go to Camp Randall. But we'll talk about that um, a little bit later. Um, so, way to go, Colorado, uh, 2-0. And then the, the final game I really want to touch on uh, was was the the big game. Well, I guess we're gonna do let's do two more. Um, let's go to let's go to Clemson. Um, I, I think again Clemson is the real deal. A uh, and M. It seemed like they did a good job of shutting down the run game. Yeah, their um, defense is solid. Uh, ATN they they pretty much shut him down, uh, but the receivers and Lawrence were effective um, against Mike Elko's defense. Mond didn't look great. I, I was never one on the hype with Mond. Um, that defense is still nasty, so he, he's probably a good player. Um, Rogers Jr. for A&M, he, he's still the real deal. Um, but um, it, it's, it's not any different uh, narrative this year for Clemson. They're, they're still good. They're not going to be challenged the rest See, of the See, I disagree. I think Trevor Lawrence looks terrible. Okay, so, so here, here's, here, that's a good take, Jake. So Trevor Lawrence... I think he's gotten comfortable with having no, straight up studs yep. at receiver. Well, if it wasn't for T. Higgins, they wouldn't have had that touchdown that he threw. Yeah, that, that so, so about. it looks yeah. like it looks like Trevor Lawrence is me in the back, you know, in the backyard throwing to an all state receiver against some dudes who are overweight and out of shape. Like 
throw it up, and he's going to catch it because yeah. he's better. Um, Trevor had one nice throw lo- rolling to his left, kind of threw, you know, squared up his shoulders, threw it in the corner. But the guy was wide open. Every other throw that I saw was a big gain uh, for Trevor Lawrence was something that was like a, a toss-up ball, and his the receivers are just better. Um, you know, so against a Bama, against an LSU, against the Oklahoma, Ohio State, someone who maybe has some four or five-star guys on defense, maybe that's a different story. See, what I don't understand, I don't understand why nobody's talking about it. Because I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about Bama, Clemson, number one, number two, and they said Clemson, number one, like, outright. Because they said Tua doesn't look like himself. Yeah. But it's like Tua's thrown for like – I mean, they haven't played anybody. Yeah. But what is he – like Tua has like seven touchdowns and like 600 yards. Yeah. Like, no, they haven't played, but he doesn't not look like himself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bama hasn't been tested. Um, I, I don't think Trevor's going to be tested. But when they are tested, if he doesn't get to where he's throwing those – They're not going to get tested in the Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But when they, when they do, if he's not throwing those on a dime, and it's early, okay, he's got a lot of hype to live up to, you know, second-year guy. I, I feel um, like he knows he doesn't have to be the quarterback. Yeah, he doesn't. And, and, and that, that's another thing you got to think about, too, is like, let me see what I can get, get by with. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if, if I can get by with that, why not try it? You know, why not throw some balls that you maybe wouldn't throw? You know, so maybe don't read so much into it, but you know, either way, the defense looks good. Really disappointed with A and M. Like I thought, Jimbo would have them ready. And what they score? What they score in that game? How many points? Uh, they scored twenty. It was twenty four ten. Yeah, twenty four to ten. Like Mon, the way he looked in the first week. Yeah. I thought for sure, like they didn't look nearly the same. And I know it's Clemson, right. but still, like a Jimbo mm-hmm. team, you know, you'd think they'd be ready, and they didn't seem ready. All right, so I said that was going to be a second-to-last game, but another one I want to touch on just because I am I cannot stand Michigan. And we touched on this in the first couple of podcasts about everyone's on this Michigan high horse, and it doesn't make any sense to me uh, why. Um, Michigan doesn't let anybody at practice for, for, for summer ball. Um, they basically control the narrative, and if you ask me that – doesn't mean anything. If anything, that means they're not that good. Yeah. Um, so, so Michigan about loses to Army. Um, they 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 win because Army misses or Army fumbles when they should have been running the ball and they were trying to pass. Like your Army, you don't pass the ball. Um, Michigan is, is is not good if you ask me. Um, they're supposed to have this spread offense, but they can't move the ball against Army. Okay. When when was Michigan gonna have less athletes? Than Army, you, you would think I, there was a couple times where Michigan couldn't get the corner. Like they, they have the angle to get to the corner on the Army defense, and they don't make it there. So, so where's these athletes that Harbaugh is supposed to have? Michigan doesn't even offer guys that are going to Army. Like exactly, exactly. There's they're it, not. It's a they're not even on their radar. These yeah. these cats. I mean, but Army's a different story. They're going to go get shot at after they're out of. Yeah, uh, they're they're they're, school, they're studs. They're the real deal. They look they look really good. Moved the ball well against the Michigan defense, which is very surprising. But like you said, they don't let any. I was listening to a, a Notre Dame podcast, and they were talking about this. They don't let anybody in on their uh, practices. So it's all word of mouth. It's all of what the media hears. What what the uh, what it the, comes from it, Michigan. It comes yeah. from it comes from the coaches. And I think Harbaugh likes to uh, 
I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Um, he likes to control the narrative. Yeah, he like they're saying the only person in in the North America that has more media uh, control is uh, Fidel Castro. That's I don't right. know if y'all heard that that's one. That's right. Not. That's right. Is uh, is Harbaugh the most overrated college coach in history? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's got to be right, oh, like for sure, for what he's getting paid and as much hype as he gets every year. The yeah. dude hasn't beaten Ohio State, yeah. their biggest rival. Yeah, they're going to lose. They the, they're going to lose the Wisconsin. Oh, for they're sure. going to get murdered by Wisconsin. Camp Randall, are you kidding crazy me? And they're going to get killed. And, and I, I think Notre Dame beats them at the big house this year. Yeah, and, and I agree. And, and Notre Dame is not getting any love, which that's fine. You know, they they kind of laid an egg last year, but Clemson was awesome. Um, but hey, I, I think they're going to lose um, any any time Michigan gets beat or looks bad. I'm cool with that. Going back to that Notre Dame Michigan game, um, Notre Dame they're they're spread thin on depth. Of there's been a lot of uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries, but they're hoping to have half of those back by then. So right, right. Let's those just hope we'll we'll see how they do against uh, New Mexico State. Or is it New Mexico State? Or just New Mexico. New Mexico. New Mexico. Uh, yeah, that's coming up this Saturday. We'll see how uh, see if Ian Book can get his head out of his butt and yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> play speak, a little bit better. Speaking of uh, New Mexico, uh, New Mexico State. I want to give them a, a shout out. I know no one from uh, the the New Mexico State camp is probably going to be listening to this podcast, but they have played uh, Washington State and Bama weeks one and two. Uh, they got killed both games. Um, Bama wasn't challenged in the game, but you got to give it to those guys. Um, if you're New Mexico State, you're like, hey, we're going to cash these checks. We're going to take our beating, and we're going to make more money in these two games than, than we need for the whole year. So um, kudos um, to them for sure for, uh, for taking advantage of that and, uh, and, and putting up a fight. Um, so let's, let's move on to the biggest game of the night um, from, from week two. LSU at Texas game day was there. It was it was a crazy environment. Um, we all we all know how this one uh, ended up. It was it was a great back and forth game. Uh, it was a really really sweaty one. Uh, those who are watching, it was like 130 degrees down on the field, or at least that's what the thermometers were showing. But my man Joe Burrow, the doppelganger of a Beavis uh, <laughs> from Beavis and Butthead, dude looked just like him. Uh, he played great. He had some great throws all night. Um, was poised in the pocket, didn't let anything get him down. Uh, he had 471 yards passing and four touchdowns. That's that's insane. Um, and Jake, what do you what do you think about an LSU team putting up Big Twelve numbers on offense? Uh, I think LSU has a chance to beat Bama. I mean, we were talking about that before we started this. I think with the receiving core they have and the way Joe Burrow looks, and then you know they always have a good defense. Like I think. They have a shot to win the West. I don't know if they yeah. will. I mean, we got to see how yeah. Bama looks that's because that's going to be a, a big game. Bama <laughs> has literally played nobody. I right. mean, and they—I don't think they do. They play anybody until SEC play, like uh, anybody they, notable. They they play South Carolina first this week. That's right. Uh, which that's right. South Carolina's mm-hmm. got a freshman quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Holinsky, making his second start. That's going to be a rough one. He looked good in the first week. Uh, South Carolina put up some school records um, on offense, but. That was not against Bama's defense. So so we'll, we'll see this week what both of those teams are made of, like a little bit more, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I don't think Bama's going to be tested uh, for a few weeks. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but I like Saban. Someone was asking about the, the week schedule, and he was, he was getting upset because he's like, y'all come try to schedule someone. Like, we literally will play anybody that right. will schedule us. Well, and also, I think behind Bama, LSU has probably the best receiving core. 
Oh, absolutely. At least in the SEC, if not the nation. I mean, Clemson's up there, obviously, with Justin yeah. Ross and T. Higgins. But right. you got Bama. I mean, they've got three guys who run, like, yeah. four three forties. Right, exactly. And, and what I really like about the LSU, they're kind of the darling right now. Everyone wants to jump on board. Everybody likes Eddie O. We talked about this last week. Um, and then Burrow, you know, he throws for 471 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, looks like a straight boss out there. And in the post-game interview, all he says is, oh, i got to give credit to the O-line. It, that's awesome. You know, you think about all the other players that would have been, you know, yeah, you know, it's all about me. Think about Felipe Franks puts up 471 yards and four touchdowns. Do you think he's talking about the O-line? No, and w- what sucks for Burrow, too, is he's not even, like, getting considered for Heisman. Right. Like, and he probably won't. Like, that's what sucks. Like, and he's putting up those numbers. Yeah. Don't get me started on Felipe Franks. Caleb, we will, we will leave that for for another time. So uh, there were some great games this week. If you were sitting around the TV uh, at all on Saturday, there was some, some uh, definite uh, binge-worthy uh, watching. We watched ball basically from kickoff there at uh, 11 o'clock here Central Time um, till the Pac-12 games that night. Another team that looked really, really good was USC. Um, last week I talked about their, their new – um, their new offense, it didn't look that great, but uh, freshman quarterback, I think his last name is Slovis, Slovis something like that, um, comes in and looks looks like a boss. They had three receivers uh, right around the 100-yard mark. Those three, another another trio, you know, with, with LSU, with with Bama, with Clemson, they look really, really good. And you know those those guys are going to be talented out there in, in, um, in SC, so... Um, that's a team to watch out for. We'll, we'll see what they're made of um, this week when my boys from Provo come to town. Man, them BYU Cougs, this first three games, man. Man, I love them. I, lo- oh. I, I, love, the, I love the Cougs. Uh, between the Washington State Cougars and uh, the BYU Cougars. The Mormons really, are pretty dang tough now. It, it's, 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 hard to, uh, it's hard to not love them. So um, that, that's kind of the wrap of the, of the big stuff for this week. Um, and without further ado, we're going to give it to Caleb for his uh, What the Quan moments of the week. What you got, Caleb? What's up, guys? Back. You guys are, uh, you all love the What the Quan for the first week, so uh, we're going to do it again. Um, I'm going to start over there at Akron. Oh, Akron, Ohio. So apparently Akron's got this uh, turnover pencil. I don't know if you all have seen it, but... Uh, it's like a six-foot-long pencil. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. It, it's a Ticonderoga number two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that just that's one of those. Um, oh, yeah. let's. Uh, we, we got two coming from the state of Florida this week. <laughs> y'all know, y'all know how we like the state of Florida. So, uh, first off, I don't know if you, you guys have probably seen it. It's all over the Internet. But the uh, Florida State receiver lining up backwards. Uh, <laughs> go check that out if you haven't seen it. It's hilarious. Of course, that's the most Florida thing that Florida could ever Florida. So, uh, and then at the uh, press conference at the end of the at the end of the game, Willie Taggart was credited in the Florida State defense for getting a stop when they needed it in overtime. But really, it was just a losing in Monroe just shanked the extra point. So, right. and then uh, this is another one. Nate Nate's got a <laughs> Nate's got a story for this one. Uh, I guess a uh, Darrington Evans from App State. He, they are lined up to receive the onside kick, and he gets it and returns it for a touchdown. I, I don't know how many times that's been done in a game, but that's pretty impressive. So, so I've never seen it at the collegiate level, but it takes me back to uh, 2005. Uh, Gravit Junior High is playing 
um, in a game against Green Forest. And Gravit at the time had this um, state champion 100-yard meter runner. His name was Michael Crosdale. And two onside kicks in a row, he runs back. So if you can envision this, this is 11 guys kicking, one guy receiving it, no blockers, and him beating all of them for a touchdown. So if you think about that, like, that is one of the top feats in (laughs) football history. So not only does it happen once, but it happens twice. (laughs) So (laughs) that is an impressive, impressive feat. I think they they onside kicked it to start the game, and he ran it back. And then I think they scored, like, late in the fourth quarter, and, and we were up big. And they onside it again. I think it's because their kicker couldn't kick. <laughs> but uh, he runs it back again. So uh, kudos to the dude from App State for, for running it back. That is definitely a first that I've heard of uh, in, in collegiate football. Yeah, and uh, I think that's the last one I got. Um, if you guys saw some uh, crazy stuff from uh, from week two, be sure. That's right, that's right. All right, so we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do this week a little bit different. So since we we've got a guest uh, this week, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this kind of recap show uh, with our what the Quan uh, moments and, and all that. Now we're gonna wrap that up, and then on Thursday we're gonna have another episode. We're gonna preview our picks from for week three. We're gonna preview those games. Uh, we're gonna have a quick little um, Arkansas Razorback take for you guys. I know a lot of you guys are Hog fans. Um, and our boy Jake, he is uh, he is all things Razorback football. So we'll have that for you. Uh, we're gonna take our like week three, week two uh, college football playoff predictions as well as our Heisman. So uh, when you listen to this, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you uh, you follow us on Spotify. Um, as Caleb said, make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll have lots of info on there. Uh, but wait for Thursday. We'll have this. Um, this week three uh, preview as well as our um, as well as our picks there. So uh, until then, uh, I'm Nate, and of course we've got our guest and Jake. So uh, we will we'll we'll see you on Thursday, guys. Thanks a lot.